Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is sponsored in part by the new podcast, Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories. I know that all of you listening to this show are very much interested in true crime stories and you love to listen to podcasts. Otherwise, why would you be listening right now? Well, I want to take a minute to recommend a new podcast that I've really been enjoying. It's called Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories. This is not your typical true crime podcast. It is true crime, but every episode is presented as an audio drama to turn these old cold cases into an actual story. And at the end of every case, the hosts, Wendy and Carter, weigh in on who they think committed the murder. It's a really neat concept, and I really am enjoying it. With the help of an ensemble cast of voice actors, follow host Wendy and Carter as they take you on an entertaining journey through real crime scenes and attempt to solve the cases. Listen now on your favorite podcast directory or by visiting parcast.com slash unsolved. That's spelled parcast, P-A-R-C-A-S-T, dot com slash unsolved. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. I'm your host, Bob Ruff, and today is going to be a little different than normal. Today, I want to hear from you. Like I told you guys last week, I had to get three episodes done because my wife and I were going on vacation, which actually will be back now by the time you're listening to this. But I did have a topic I wanted to talk about uh, with the Edward Eights case, but there were so many new developments, and Carrie Cook wanted to come on and do the interview for that bonus episode, and that ate up a whole day in the middle of my week. But I've also been getting a lot of emails and a lot of tweets and questions about what's going on in the various cases. And we've got so much going on right now. We have Kenny Snow's case still. Our primary focus case right now is, of course, Edward Eights. We've gotten really heavily into the Carrie Max Cook case, which originally that was not a case that was, quote, our case. It was uh, just a case that we were reporting on. But we've become very intimately involved in that case as well. There was the Discovery ID special that just came out two weeks ago, and that's kind of brought up a lot of things back about the Anand Syed case, the Heyman Lee murder case. And so a lot of people have a lot of questions. We have a lot going on. So rather than try to piecemeal something together and cram something out real quick, I want to make sure that the content I put out in a normal episode for you guys about Ed A's case is fully vetted and researched. And I found some new leads that I need to run down before I start reporting any more on that. So what we're going to do today is we're going to hear from you. In just a few minutes here, I'm going to be opening up the phone lines, and this is your opportunity to ask me anything. And for any of you that didn't get involved in the call-ins, that didn't know they were going on, as I've done before, I would really encourage you to either follow the Facebook page or follow me on Twitter at TruthJusticePod, because when things like this come up, that's really my only way to communicate to everyone. So if you're not one of the the 23,000 people that are following along on Twitter or Facebook, then you don't even know these call-in segments are happening. And I'd love to hear from as many of you as possible. So definitely get involved in the social media aspect of it. It's a good way to stay engaged and stay in touch. 
Without further ado, I want to go ahead and open up the phone lines. Hello, you're on the air with Truth and Justice. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually got on. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing great. Who's this? Uh, this is Chris. I'm actually Chris down in Texas, the guy who's going to help you translate. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I do remember talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how you doing, Chris? I'm doing real well, doing real well. I'll be honest with you, I got on so quick, I didn't really have a question for you, but all I wanted to call in and tell you, with the things you're doing right now, with Carrie Max Cook, Eights, and Kenny Snow, awesome. Keep it up, man. I can't say thank you enough for the things you're doing for those people and what it's doing for all of us to just to just be able to help out and and actually make something happen for these guys. Well, I I really appreciate that and I appreciate all of you and you know what you mentioned at the beginning of this call, you know, really speaks to that and how everyone has some kind of skill set that they may not know that could become useful, but we never know where this journey is going to take us and and Chris is someone who got a hold of me and, and told me that hey, if you ever need help translating anything. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, we were talking about uh, Juan Martinez in the Kenny Snow case, right, Chris? Yeah, exactly. Yep. We haven't had that opportunity come up yet, but I just I I keep a list of all these things and Chris is just another resource when that thing comes up, he's there to help out. So, I appreciate the phone call, Chris, and all the kind words and and thank you again for your support. Yeah, I know. I mean, anything I can do to help you in in with what's going on with this is just amazing to me about how close this community has gotten and how much they are just getting behind all the you and and Carrie and all these other guys to be able to make this stuff right. Cause this is just crap, man. It's just not right. What's happening to these guys. And we need to, we need to get this fixed now. I agree. And, and we've definitely become a force to be reckoned with. That's for sure. That's, that's very true. I'm, I'm excited about that. So, Hopefully I'll be able to see you on the 29th. I'm planning on trying to make it down there for to meet you and and hopefully Carrie as well. So. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to make it too. I haven't quite seen how that's going to fit into my schedule yet, but I'm I'm doing everything I can do to make it happen too. So hopefully I'll meet you there. If not, it was great to talk to you here. I'm going to go ahead and let you go so we can let another call in, but thanks for calling, Chris. I really appreciate it. Sure, man. It's good talking to you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. Hello, you're on the air with Truth and Justice. Get out of town. I'm really on the air with you. <laughs> you sure are. Who's this? <laughs> Hi, Bob. My name is Dana. I'm calling from Chicago today. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. I can't believe that I'm on with you. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, it's awesome <laughs> to talk to you, too. So what do you uh, did you have a question for me? I do. First, I just wanted to tell you, you are fantastic. And I've been a fan since my husband turned me on to your podcast. And I think you do excellent work. Well, thank you um, for that. I want well, you're welcome. So with everything going on with Adnan and how that show aired the other night, I, I saw what you posted on Twitter and I'm so glad that you called that woman out for the fake shirt. Do you, do you expect any other kind of fallout from that show besides some of the information that you've already posted? I don't think so. And personally, I thought that the overall, the program was, was done very well for what it was. I mean, you're talking about an hour long special that, you know, me personally have investigated for almost two years and have produced 40 some episodes about along with undisclosed and serial. That's 
all that information and try to compress that into an hour. Uh, it's it's quite a task. And I think from talking to the producers, I know that was a real challenge for them because, you know, they wanted to really focus on everything that that's been done lately. You know, everything that I've been doing and Undisclosed has been doing and Justin Brown and the PCR hearing and all that. But because of the audience, they had to eat up a whole lot of that show just to tell the backstory and all that first. So I, I don't think it's going to be fallout. As far as the shirt thing, what she's referring to is Inez Butler on the show. And you remember she was yes. the the teacher that – and the reason – I mean I was pretty – clearly you could say I was pretty angry on Twitter because I've kind of always had a problem with Inez because her testimony changed as much as Jay's did. Yeah, she was the one that, hey, uh, bought the snacks from at school on her way out, and and she just kept shifting her story to fit the state's narrative much like Jay did. So I, I've always had – I guess I'll say always had a kind of a beef with her. Because of that. And yeah. I've tried to contact her for the show and do an interview, and I've just never gotten any response. But something really stuck in my craw when uh, she was holding up that shirt and saying, you know, I've I've kept Hay's shirt for 20 years or her jersey for 20 years. And first of all, I thought, man, that's weird. For it. Inez was not a magnet teacher. Uh, from what I understand, right. she was uh, she actually uh, taught in the special education program. I mean, she certainly knew Hay, obviously, but it just seemed really odd. And then I thought when I was watching it that that shirt looks like brand new and it looks embroidered. It doesn't look silkscreened. And, uh, right. and so I was uh, talking with a couple of sources that, that went to Woodlawn who had similar concerns about it. So I actually didn't find those screenshots that I posted. I, I, I was busy because I was right in the middle of me recording the interview with Carrie Max Cook for this bonus episode and all of that. And so I said, well, go on that YouTube video where that shows her student athlete of the week photo shoot from the week prior to her death, and then see if you can get a screenshot from that and a screenshot from the documentary. And we put them up next to each other and was like, oh, my God, it's not even close. Yeah. It's a different shirt. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. So then that raised all kinds of other red flags. And then, of course, as I do, uh, when, when I'm irritated about something, uh, I kind of I let her have it on Twitter. And then doing some more digging into, into it, actually, some other people have for me and have told me that they think that might be Apparently, after her death, after Hay's death, the uh, the school had retired her jersey, retired her number, and they made like a commemorative shirt to put like under glass at the school. And they said they think that is a replica of that. Like it's either the one from the glass, or it was, uh, you know, like another replica of that that she had made. So I mean, I don't know what exactly the situation was with that but what what i know was it was it was not what it was represented to be on that show which was you know like hayes actual shirt which and i, and I think oh. personally i think that both are a little weird but it's less creepy that she has uh <laughs> a a replica of it in memory of hay than it would have been creepy that she like went into her locker room and pulled one of her old jerseys out that really should have gone to her family in my opinion but yeah. <laughs> I needed that that chuckle today because I, I my husband and I said very much the same thing. Like that's really kind of weird. Why would you want to keep something that should probably go to the family? So it's I'm glad that you called her out because we had the same suspicion that you did as soon as we saw the show. We're like, wait a minute, that doesn't look like what we saw. So it's it's always good to have you out there, kind of keep, keeping it real for everybody, so they know what's going on with the case. It's, it's you definitely are very insightful. So it's good that, you know, that they have you on their side. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you being on my side too, because like I said, even that one, it's, 
the last caller that was just on kind of had some of the same sentiments as, as how the truth and justice army is mm-hmm. the resources are there for it's it's just amazing to me to have the amount of people and resources at hand to be able to help with it like this exact situation you know i there was no way during this week that i had time to chase all that stuff down but i wanted to know so it was it was real quick hey can you find that can you find that send them to me let me look at them and it was boom 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 and they 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 helped to figure it out so uh and that's awesome <laughs> and i have to say that i'm not sure if i don't know who to really blame for that whether it was inez misrepresenting what that shirt was or if it was just right. it just ended up that way the way that it was produced you know in, in edited edit. yeah and it was so right i don't know how i all i know is it was definitely misread it was it was represented as though that was her jersey that she was that she hung on to all those years and clearly it was not it was not <laughs> yeah absolutely bob it's awesome talking to you i just you know i don't want to take up all the time i don't want to be that hog while i know you've probably got other people calling you but thank you so much for taking that time to talk with me today this really made my week no problem. It was great hearing from you, and, and hopefully we'll hear from you again next time we do this. Absolutely, Bob. You take care and have a great weekend. You do the same. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, you're on the air with Truth and Justice. Hi, Bob. Yes, ma'am. Who's this? This is Casey. Hi, Casey. How are and you? I've Great. I've listened to you since your very first podcast. Oh, so you've heard me when I knew even less about what I was doing than I do now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Casey? I'm doing great. So I live in uh, the uh, West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I have a question. I have two questions. First of all, there's clear scientific evidence based on the double diamond markings found on Hay's body. that there's no way under any circumstances. I mean, this is all in spite of any lividity you know, all the well-talked-about lividity evidence, that there's no way that her body could have been found in the position it was, lying on the ground. And I'm just wondering why there's not been more, you know, explanation or more discovery or more investigation into that aspect. It seems to be something the guilters do not want to talk about. Oh, you know, and that's a good point. And, and you know, that as you say it, it's that's something else that, you're right. It really hasn't been brought up in the fact that, you know, she was obviously in that grave. There was nothing in the grave that would have made that double diamond pattern, which means, you know, she had to have been somewhere else when that set in. Is is that what you're Am I hearing you right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that adds into the 
the lividity evidence, like you said, that's been well talked about that she had to have been laying prone somewhere before that. So I don't know. It may be that you're the first one to really you know, publicly point that out. It's not something that I had thought of before, but it's it's a really good point. And I know that, you know, that double diamond pattern has Google must have must be broken over how many people have searched for double diamond pattern images to try to figure out what in the hell that thing was that left it there. Uh, so people have, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands of people have searched high and low to figure out what that pattern came from. And so far, no luck. It's something that, you know, it could be nothing, but it also could be a huge break in the case if it's something that is, which I'm going to say that it probably is something that's very unique since nobody's been able to figure it out or find it. Uh, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's an investigation that's still ongoing. And then you said you had two questions. You had another question as well? Well, yeah, I mean, the- you know, I know that you probably can't speak on Don, but originally you had said that you had written to a lot of his schoolmates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my question is, you know, his life is not documented on social media, you know, and he's sort of kept as a private individual and stuff like that. And so if you're not a private, if you're not, if you don't, if you're not an arm of the police, you know, you don't have the authority as, as a, that a police do. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's just so difficult to be able to you know, gather evidence, pro or con, you know, whatever, in a case. And you had said that, you know, you've written a lot a lot to his schoolmates, but then and at the time you had gotten, you know, like one or two people had answered back. And I just imagine that you've probably continued in that, you know, reaching out to people. Is there anything that you can say on any discussions that you've had with people since your original podcast where you mentioned that. Well, yeah, a little bit. I guess going back to that original podcast, it wasn't that only one or two people answered back. I actually heard back from 42 at that time, 42 of his classmates. And I think there was a couple more since then that did respond to me and did have conversations with me. But there was only one or two of them that that really remembered Don. It was it was eerie, uh, really, when I was going through it because, you know, he he didn't come from a huge school, you know, with a large graduating class, you know, in you know, comparison to some some schools. So I, I got a hold of these people and I kind of started by people in his class with last names that were close to his in the alphabet, thinking, you know, these are probably people that have been sitting next to him in class for twelve years, you know, all the way through school because they tend to do it alphabetically. And what was surprising about it was just one after another after another after another. Nobody's like, no, I don't remember anybody by that name doesn't ring a bell. And then I would send them a picture, like an old picture from high school, and I would get the same reaction from everyone. Everyone would tell me, oh, 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 yeah, I remember that guy. But I don't know if I ever really knew his name. I know I've never really talked to him. But like, I remember seeing him, he was kind of a loner. He was kind of described as like, kind of a, what we would call today, uh, like an emo character uh, is what not character, not not emo, like from a cartoon, but you know, like an, an emo type personality, you know, emotional, the, you know, dresses dark, long, dark hair kind of keeps to themselves. So that's how he was described to me by a lot of people. And I only had uh, one that I can think of off the top of my head. That was a long time ago, but there might have been two. I think it was just one that said they ever actually had a conversation with him. And then. Okay. And that doesn't, and obviously that doesn't mean anything, but I was just curious. Did, did Don actually own a Camaro? Uh, I don't, I do not have verification of that. The, the only reason that, uh, that leads me to believe that he did is because Hay wrote about his Camaro specifically several times throughout her diary. So, but I've, I've never, you know, I've never looked up his vehicle registration ownership, anything like that to know one way or the other for sure. Okay. And the last thing I want to say, it's not really a question, but I just, I want to say, you know, I've read her diary and I absolutely agree with you that they comment on the last page 
where she mentioned, you know, I really think that um, Adnan was telling the truth when he said that they had a brief discussion about getting back together again that last night and that the doodle on that last page where she mentioned baby was referring to Adnan because if you read through her diary, there's no place. She never, never, never talks about Don that way. She kind of talks about Don in a way that is careful and not gushing and not effusive. You know, she's sort of very detached when she talks about Don. It's like something you would read in, a, in like a romance novel. Like like what she writes right. about Don, and it, from my interpretation, is very – it was – elegant romantic like well thought out you right know, almost like like telling a narrative like you know this was the greatest day me and you know don when you know things like that whereas with Adnan, it seems to be more just straight emotion off the cuff everything and she's always refers right. to him every from the place. heart yeah and everywhere right. she refers to him in that diary she always refers to him as my baby right okay thank you so much for calling in and i appreciate all of your your input and the questions and you know we're going to keep we're going to keep on digging in all these cases and hopefully next time we do this again we can hear from you again awesome thanks yep you have a great day you too bye-bye bye hello you're on the air with truth and justice hi bob this is kate from california hi kate how are you I am doing well, all things considered. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. I'm I'm actually g- getting ready to wrap this up. Uh, well, when I'm done with this, to get packed up, and my wife and I are actually taking vacation for a week. That's why I'm doing this call in. Oh my goodness! Well, congratulations on your vacation, and I think I speak for a lot of the uh, Truth and Justice Army when I wish when I say I wish I could buy you and that lovely wife of yours a beer <laughs> on your vacation because <laughs> you two. Absolutely deserve it. <laughs> well, thank you for that. We'll definitely raise a glass for you uh, when we get a beer when we finally get out of here. And now, if, oh, if I'm not mistaken, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I've seen on Twitter that if you had several people send questions in for you to ask me, I have. I have a couple of questions. I've got them all printed out, my notes and everything. Perfect. So hopefully, I uh, do these people justice. <laughs> okay, and these were people that weren't available to call in, so they they got in touch with you. Yes, that's that's what they said. Yes. Okay. That was my offer to the uh, to, to the Twitterverse. <laughs> it's another resource in the Truth and Justice Army. So let, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, yeah, doing what I can. Okay, so um, the first couple of questions I have are around the Carrie Max Cook case. Okay. Um, Dr. Nana, she would like to know why we can't expect Bingham to declare Carrie Max Cook innocent simply because it is factually true and it's his job. Uh, I think that he might. And, and that, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm hoping that that is what happens. You know, I think that going into the hearing on the 6th, uh, when they dropped all the other charges and they set the conviction aside, you know, when you really critically think about that, there's no reason that Kerry's attorneys would have accepted that. And there's no reason that Bingham would have done it unless they had at least a gentleman's agreement or an understanding that they were going to see this through to the end and grant the uh, or for Bingham to request to the judge to go ahead and drop the charges. So I th- think that is the plan. And I, and I and I do believe I mean, I like I said in the in the bonus episode, there was certainly some face saving going on there. But I think that the reason that Bingham is willing to do that is because he does know that Kerry Max Cook is innocent. And I think that's why he's willing to do this because other, otherwise he would just keep fighting it. I mean, why, why let it go? I mean, it would be an opportunity just to continue and, you know, show the flex of the muscle of the Smith County DA's office to continue to pound him into the ground or attempt to. Uh, so I, I believe Bingham does know that he's innocent. 
And I believe that he at least was going to drop the charges. And hopefully he still does that. Um, and kind of as a follow-up, the second part to her, to Dr. Nana's question is, uh, why can't we expect Bingham to declare what was done as wrong? And why can't we hold those responsible accountable for what was done to Carrie Maxwell? In a perfect world, that's exactly what should happen. And, and that's why I was so upset. And that's why Carrie was so upset. And thousands of, of you listeners were so upset. I mean, that's, she's not wrong. Is it Dr. Nana? You said it was her, her name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's not wrong. Uh, but the fact is that that's a perfect world. And, you know, there, there's a lot of horrible, a lot of horrible things and misconduct that have come out of that Smith County DA's office that are leaps and bounds above what any other prosecutor's office I've ever seen have ever done. But in this instance, what they're doing here, it's not that uncommon. In order for them to agree to set that conviction aside, they are openly and publicly admitting that they made a mistake. And so for them to want to do damage, you know, at least get a little something for that to do damage control, while I'll agree that it's not right, it's also not an uncommon practice. Sure. And then I have another question from Jason Paul on Twitter, and he said that Terry Max Cook recanted his settlement agreement, right? He wants a full hearing on all grounds, or is that just a meeting? No. Carrie Cook had, you know, through social media and had tweeted and sent emails and things saying that he wanted that. And that was kind of during that couple day period where he was he was really suffering emotionally. Uh, and that's actually one of the reasons why he wanted to come on the show, because as he he calmed down and kind of got, you know, quote unquote, back into his right mind, he realized that 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 would be a mistake. It was it's not the way to go. You know, there that it was a good deal that he was given. It was just the fact that that he didn't like was the fact that in this hearing at this moment, the Smith County DA's office wouldn't have to answer for all the the old misconduct. So it's kind of like those two things are two completely separate issues. They are. But for Carrie, they were kind of being lumped together. Um, but that's the reason that Carrie wanted to come on and do the interview in the bonus episode uh, that dropped on the 15th was because he wanted to make clear that if Bingham is willing to work with him, then he's willing to still work with with Bingham, as was agreed upon at the June 6th hearing. So, no, Gary does not want to withdraw the deal that was made. Um, thank you for clarifying that. And then I have a question regarding um, James Mayfield's immunity. Really? I mean, really? He, <laughs> he has full immunity from all of this? Well, I've, I've talked to several lawyers about that. And some have told me that, no, he only had immunity from what he said. You know, meaning that that, you know, they, they can't turn around and, you know, if he were to say, yeah, I killed her, they couldn't handcuff him right then and arrest him for that. Uh, however, it is not full immunity from prosecution. And everybody agrees on that. They could still, based on the evidence, arrest him and then further question him and file charges against him, obviously, in, in going forward. But my concern with that immunity letter was the final clause where it said that he had immunity for anything that he said during this interview or in the future. And, you know, I've had some lawyers that say, yeah, that could be, that could get ugly. That could get, that could get a little shaky if they did try to press charges later on. Uh, and then other lawyers say that, no, that only really means what was happening in that interview. Like anything that, you know, if they were to bring him into court or questioned by police or whatever, that, that immunity wouldn't apply there. So 
I don't, you know, not being a lawyer myself, I have to kind of rely on the advice of other lawyers and I've got kind of mixed opinions. But the one thing that everybody agreed on is that Mayfield could still be prosecuted. He is not immune from all prosecution. He's only immune from what he either said or possibly what he said and could say in the future. Uh, but all of the evidence is still fair game if they decided to press charges against him. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that as well. Well, that's all the stuff I have for you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm very flattered, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It was great to talk to you. And uh, next time we do this, you'll have to collect more questions for people and, and call in again. I would love to. I would love to be able to have that role because I don't think I have very much to bring to the table. But if at the very least is I can get other people's voices heard and their questions answered, then I'm doing my part. <laughs> That's great. What a great way to use use some of those skills. All right. Well, thank you, Kate, very much. I'm going to let you go so I can take a few more calls. But thanks again for calling in. All right. Enjoy your vacation. Have your beer. Tell your wife I said hi and all that good stuff. <laughs> I will do all of that. Thank you, Kate. Bye, Bob. All right, I'm going to take a quick break here for the ads, and we'll get back to a few more phone calls. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, you're on the air with Truth and Justice. Hi, Bob. This is Fran. Hey, Fran, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to actually reach you. <laughs> I'm glad to hear from you. Where are you calling from, Fran? I'm calling from Sacramento, California. All right. So you got some questions for yeah. me today? Um, you know, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to actually talk to you and just really wanted to, um, you know, as many others have done in the past, just really thank you for all the incredible work that you're doing. And thank you, as well as all the other listeners, fans, supporters. Everybody who's really involved in this movement and really standing up to all these injustices of the criminal justice system, I think it's incredible everything that's been going on. It's it's inspiring. It gives us hope. It makes us anger angry, but you know the ride. I think is definitely worth it. So um, I really that, that I just wanted to speak to you and actually just get an opportunity to thank you. And I also wanted to thank you for taking the time to break down what took place and. Carrie's um, hearing last week because I was, you know, confusing definitely for me and a lot of other people that I know are following this. Um, so thank you for taking the time to break it down so that I could really grasp what was going on because it was definitely an ambivalent and weird week for a lot of us. Yeah, and you're 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 more so, than welcome. And it was it was confusing for me too. And I think uh, most people kind of 
probably got that from the tone of my voice in the in last week's episode that it was just I was just kind of in shock, just like everyone else was. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll see some. You know, hopefully, we'll see some positive outcomes. You know, I mean, my heart breaks for Carrie. I definitely have been, you know, read the book. I've, I've followed everything that's, you know, been in the press as closely as possible. Um, so definitely praying for him, and um, you know, just. Always here in your corner, you know, I know that your current cases definitely don't take you this direction right now, but, you know, you have your fan base and your army out here in California as well. Well, I thank you for that, and, and I can't express enough how much I appreciate all of that support. I do have one question, Bob. I don't know if you're able to answer this regarding that non-case. And, in fact, I've actually just started watching this morning the ID discovery, but I wasn't able to see it um, when it aired the other night, um, so I'll be catching up and but it was fun seeing your face immediately right from the get-go on the on the show. But is there any, any idea when we may hear something from the judge? I mean, it just feels like we're going at it. feels like glacier pace for any decision to come down. Yeah, I, I know. And, and that's the million-dollar question, and I wish I had an answer for it. You know, and, I, and me not being a lawyer and not being all that familiar with the law, it's driving me crazy because, you know, I feel like it's it's one case. Let's get it done. But... Uh, I did speak with actually Ed's new attorney, uh, Allison Clayton from the Innocence Project that was working Ed's case now. And I was just asking her about uh-huh. it because she works only habeas cases like this. And she had told me, she's like, no, four months really isn't it, it, even for a retired judge. She said, it's not, that's not excessive. She said that it, you know, it, it, it will tend to take that long, you know, because they're, when they're giving their response, you know, they're, they're citing, case law and statutes and, and researching and vetting everything to make sure they get everything right before they write their opinion. So I don't know. I, I just, hopefully soon, I just, uh, I'm sure everyone just wants to know what the outcome of that is going to be. So we can figure out where to go next. Right. All right. Well, you know, we keep praying and again, you know, just all the incredible work and the support that's that's coming in from around the world, I think, is gonna def- is definitely feeding some positive energy into what that outcome's gonna be, and that's that's my belief, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right, Bob. Well, I will, you know, I'll let you get off the line so you can talk to some of uh, your other followers, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 be listening. Okay. Well, thanks, Fran. It was great to hear from you. Okay. Take care, Bob. You too. Bye. 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 Hello, you're on the air with Truth and Justice. Hey, Bob. Hey, who's Daniel this? Jen. Jen, gotcha. <laughs> Jen Keel. Okay, how you doing, Jen? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. What's up? Um, I have some questions about the Kenny Snow case. Okay, let's let's hear them. Okay, um, have you ever been able to talk to David Dobbs? I have not. I went to the place where I thought his office was, but he had moved when I was in Tyler. I actually did see him at Kerry Max Cook's hearing, but by the time it got over with, he was kind of out the door, and I was kind of right. stuck at the time, too. I have sent emails through his website of his law office asking him to talk to me and haven't heard anything. So, But no, I've never actually had a chance to talk to him. Okay, interesting. Um, and have you re-talked to Murphy? I have. Okay. Just, did he visit Kenny more than once? Yes, uh, he... Well, I, we have documented proof of that now, and I have even more now in the... Uh, Okay. The Edward Aids case file that Kenny Snow was originally working with him on another case, another capital murder case, uh, the Justin Fuller case. And so Murphy had visited him several times throughout that. 
And then several, I think he even testified at trial that he was there working with Kenny on Eight's case like three or four times. And so, you know, I had, and then when I found out that, you know, his son was in the DA's office, uh, that he was actually interning for, or not interning is not the right word, but he was basically interning for Jack Skeen and that Jack Skeen was a family friend. You know, I sent all that to him through an email and he confirmed all that was the case and basically said that, you know, well, that was 20 years ago. I can't be expected to remember all that. And I was really proud of my son when he, you know, got, got through the bar and, and was able to take a job at the district attorney's office. And that's the last I've heard from him. Huh. Okay. <laughs> well, at least we know he was there more than once now. Yes. Okay. Um, I have a lot of questions that I can't think right now because I'm nervous. <laughs> but <laughs> it's all right. those Deep were the breaths. first two that I had. <laughs> those were the first two that I had on my list. I guess. Let's see. Have you been able to track down Bill Costello or Johnson? I have not been able to find Johnny Johnson. I have found out that Joe Costello, in fact, is not dead, which was a uh, new revelation to me because right. the the background service that I use to do background checks listed him as being deceased. So I thought he was dead all this time. And then I found out from some locals that, no, he's he works down the road. And they told me, you know, that we know where he works now. And I just I haven't had an opportunity to go over there and and talk to him since I when, when I've been down in Tyler these last few times, you know, mostly because I've all the things that I have to get done on Aid's case, because right now, I mean, Aid's case, you know, he's got the Innocence Project working with him now. His case is going to be litigated and soon. So there's a lot of information that has to be gathered on that case at the moment. But he is still on my list to get a hold of. Okay. Well, I hope you track them all down. Um, with Bill Cole, does he remember the radio altercation? Or is, are we thinking that that was a completely different tire store? It was a completely different tire store. That oh, was, it was. Kind of, Yeah. And that was as that process went along and it was obviously confusing for me because, you know, I've got Kenny, you know, telling me this. Right. Kenny thought the whole time that you know, this guy that he had had this kind of all, and the altercation wasn't a fist fight or anything. It was just somebody yelling at him to turn his radio down and he got out of there. Right. Um, yeah. And Kenny thought that that guy was, you know, just some racist guy who made up this story about the robbery. You know, when I asked Bill Cole about it, he's no, like, no, that never happened. And then it was like, it was over the course of several months of talking to both of them. But when I finally pieced together that, holy shit bill was never in court that's why kenny and kenny didn't know that the person in court wasn't bill cole because he didn't know what bill cole looked like and bill never knew what happened to kenny uh and so yeah the the whole altercation over the radio thing was just uh uh, just a red herring just kind of an argument kenny had somewhere along the way that he hadn't really he as he said he hadn't really thought about it it's just something that happened and he was kind of like you know f you and left didn't even pay much attention huh. to it. But that's all he could think of because it was at a tire store and this situation was at a tire store as well. Right. One more question. This plump character. Mm-hmm. She's interesting. Um, was she talked to first before she led them to Kenny Snow? Oh, good. Oh, I could have told you that a month ago. Let me think real quick. I was just thinking because I was wondering if Costello and Johnson had gotten to her first and gotten her to... In, you know, implicate Kenny, and then you know maybe she said, "Okay, fine, we did this," but it wasn't. It was just a simple robbery, so she refused and went along with the story. I don't know. No, <laughs> this is one I, of my theories I had written down. Yeah, no, and actually, now that I'm I had a second to think about it, no, Kenny, when they brought him in, there was a Crime Stoppers tip supposedly, which sounds like it was actually called in by Joe Costello, if there was a Crime Stoppers okay. tip at all, is what right. pointed them towards Kenny. And then in Kenny's okay. interview, when they asked him what he was doing that day, he had told them that he had been riding around with Plump that day. 
Got it. And so, okay. and of course, and then there was during the interview, you know, they're telling him, you know, I need to know, you know, who this person is. He was trying to remember her name because he only knew her by plump. So right. then they went down and tracked her down and brought her in for her interview. So when she came in for her interview, she was already being implicated because okay. Kenny had said that he was with her, but denied any robberies. And then they got right. him to confess, but he had already told them that he was with her. So then the the story, the narrative that he had to give had to include her at that point. And so that's yeah, how do she, you think she was involved in the robberies with someone else and they're pinpointing it on Kenny? I don't think so. I, I honestly do no. not. I don't believe mm-hmm. a word she said in her interview. Yeah. But okay. I, I think that she was just another she was she had pending charges for possession of crack cocaine. Okay. Which could carry up to, I think it was like eight. I think she was, she had a same charge, uh, the same charge either later or before that, where she was sentenced to eight years for that. I think that they told her, you're going to play along or you're going to get, yeah, you're going to say this. Yeah. And she ended up <laughs> okay. getting, you know, so she testifies and she gets, uh, or she didn't testify. There was no trial, but she gave the police a narrative that included Kenny, which really still wasn't much of a narrative. You know, it was still her. To right. say, well, he went into the store and came out and he must have robbed him. And then yeah. there was the whole thing with the mace. She kind of is the one that included the mace can into the narrative. And so she did yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like that's the same thing as the jacket with Adnan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and the, and the thing was, right. there there was these two robberies that actually did occur did involve a mace can. And that's like the way the whole Smith County Police Department our sheriff's department and Tyler PD works according to, and, and you haven't heard this yet because this episode is not going to drop till a few days after we're recording this interview, uh, this conversation. But one of the defense attorneys I talked to in Tyler when I was there last week told me that the, you know, the, the common quote, the Smith County motto is that they find people and say, well, you got two choices. You're either going to be a witness or a co-defendant. What's it going to be? Yeah. And that's exactly what happened in Kenny Snow's case is you know, they, they took somebody that had pending charges and said, you know, first they they pinned it on Kenny. They don't have a case. There's no evidence. I mean, they did have DNA evidence. The hat that was worn at both robberies and the mace can that was used at both robberies was found at the second robbery uh, where there was the altercation. And the offender's blood was on that that mace can. And so they had, but they yeah. never tested it because that would, you know, that would really screwed up their case when they found out that wasn't Kenny's blood on there. And then eventually they illegally right. destroyed it. But so the easier way for them to get a conviction or to push somebody to plea out is for them to uh, convince them that, look, if you if you don't want to go to jail for this yourself, you're going to say that he did it. And that's exactly what happened in Kenny's case. Wow. It's crazy that that happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I and really it, hope that uh, this Kenny Snow's case is working. And I know you say there's a lot of behind the scenes things, so I know we're all rooting for him. Yep, and hopefully by the time this episode airs, which will be on the 26th, hopefully by that time we'll have a lawyer for Kenny because what's coming out in the episode that's going to drop uh, this coming Sunday, which is last Sunday when all of you are hearing this, is that we're at a point now where the Innocence Project is not able to take his case. It doesn't quite fit their criteria, but he does have a case. So I put a call out last week hoping that we can find one of my listeners who is a lawyer in Texas that's willing to take Kenny's case on because I think that we have a, a strong case for him. It's not an innocence project type case, but it, it's still a strong case. So hopefully by the time There's everybody's hearing this, yeah, so hopefully by the time you're, everybody's hearing this, uh, Kenny will have some representation finally. Okay. Well, that's great to hear. 
With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I know I look forward every Sunday to your new episodes. Well, I thank you for, for listening and staying engaged. I mean, I just love the... And of course, I, you know, I've, I've said this for all these calls that keep coming in, but it's incredible to me as I've realized over the past, especially really over the last couple of months, this show began as almost a, a fan show. And then there was this a big audience of people that were just engrossed in the Anand Syed case and how we've kind of morphed from that into, into just a, a huge force of people that aren't just listening, that aren't just being entertained but that are involved and they're advocating and they're, and they're utilizing, they're, they're offering up any resources they have to where, I mean, we right. truly are. My last trip to Tyler was, uh, it, it was, it was crazy. Everywhere we went, I'm hearing the scuttlebutt of, of David Dobbs and Matt Bingham, you know, telling people that this Bob Ruff guy is ripping us apart in the media. And but then surprisingly, they don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They tried to play that off, but it was, it was funny because right, that, right. that was my first interaction was, uh, no, I don't know who you, mm, no, I heard of that case, but then everywhere I went, it's no, like, never heard of you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I heard from someone that, uh, it was, the words were mentioned out of the DA's office that that Bob Ruff guy is going to turn Ed's case into another Carrie Max cook. <sighs> well, we worry about your safety too down there. Cause we don't want anything coming back to you. Yeah. And, and you know, I appreciate that. And it's always a concern. And I, I do take, a lot of security measures Good. every time I go down there and something, you know, not something I'm not even talking about on the show, but I've, I've got, I, I've got a lot of people watching my back when I'm down there. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely worrisome down there, the way that things are run. Uh, yep. Well, Hey Jen, I really appreciate you calling in. I've, I've got enough time to take just one more call. So I'm going to go ahead and, and get thank that in. Thank you so much. I'm glad I got through. You're welcome. And thank you so much for calling. It was great hearing from you. And next time we do this, hopefully we'll hear from you again. Okay, thanks, Bob. Yep, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hello, you're on the air with Truth and Justice. Hi, Bob. It's Jennifer. How are you? Oh, good. Is this uh, Jennifer from New York? Yes, it is Jennifer from New York. Is this Bob from Michigan? It is. <laughs> it is Bob from Michigan. Just want to make sure I had the, the right Jennifer. How are you doing, Jen? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Is it okay if I ask you a Carrie Max? question? Absolutely. Go ahead. I obviously don't understand the justice system. I'm learning with everything that you're teaching us. And I was a little nervous thinking of him going into the courtroom without a lawyer. Can you speak to what kind of an implication that could have on him, if any? I would never recommend anybody going into a courtroom or talking to a police officer without an attorney. Carrie is very well versed in the law. Um, He's you know, because of his experiences over the last 40 years. But there are some things in the works, and I can't really say one way or the other because nothing is set in stone. But I can say this, that as okay. of today, which this episode is dropping, you know, a week and a half after I record this, so it should probably be public knowledge by then. But uh, as of today, it it looks like he probably is going to have a lawyer. There is someone oh, that there is somebody that he's talking to uh that uh at least tentatively has agreed to take his case and that's and that's part of the reason why too as you know this this week has gone by 
I've been, you know, people are like, well, we need to raise money for a lawyer. We need this. Well, I've, I've been talking to Carrie every day and I knew that some of these things were in the works and it was, I don't want to, you know, muddy up the waters with any of that. So yeah, it would probably not be a good no. idea to go into court without a lawyer, but I don't think that's going to be what happens in Carrie's case. I think he will have representation. Okay, good. Because when I had initially heard that, it really gave me a uh, little bit of cause for panic and I was pretty worried about that. And I've been really just praying that somebody will be there for him and I know that you're limited in what you can say and I appreciate your protection of him at all costs but I just thank you for sharing that at least and you know I can continue to make that a focus on what I'm praying for for him that's great and then also and then also too I uh had to see it a day late by the link but I saw you on an investigation discovery and you were uh well Spoken and well presented as you always are. I thought you did a great job. I think overall it looked pretty favorable for showing Adnan as innocent, except for those couple little, I, I don't even know what to call him, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the douchey lawyer guy from Texas who. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> thank you for calling that. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, props on uh, the uh, recognition of the shirt difference. I would have never noticed that but when you put it next to each other it's pretty fishy so good job yeah thanks and uh <laughs> and i actually i, I don't want to go into too much detail because i already discussed it in another call but very quickly as we, we dug into that a little bit more that shirt was it looks like it is a replica of a shirt that was made after he was gone when they retired her jersey it, there's a shirt like that under oh. under glass at the school okay. So I I'm, I don't know wow. if it was an extra copy of that or if she made a replica made of that. I don't really know. I just know it wasn't. It was represented as though she was hanging on to Hay's actual shirt the whole time. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not an old shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good pickup on your part. I mean, like I said, I didn't focus in too much on what she was saying because I was trying to remember if she was telling a different story today than what she had told back in 1999, which I felt like she kind of was, so I didn't even think about the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I thought, I agree with you. I think overall it was, it, it was good for what it was. And I said, I don't want to go too much into it because I've talked about it on a couple other calls, but thanks for Jennifer for calling in. It was great to hear from you. And I think you're going to be our last phone call of the day. All right. Well, you have a nice, uh, Speak to yourself there, buddy. You deserve it. All right. I'll do that. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate it. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, it was great to hear from all of you, and I'm glad we got the opportunity to do this. Uh, it's something that I like to do, and I think most of you listeners enjoy hearing from the other listeners. And I also appreciate uh, you guys calling in and, and, and let's be honest, helping me uh, make sure there's content for everyone to hear next week because really this has been a very incredibly busy, stressful week. And I've, I've literally just run out of time and I thought it would be a good opportunity for for the audience to be able to hear all of you and hear your input. And and like I said, it really gave me the opportunity to make sure we put something good quality for you guys to listen to without me you know, working again till three or four o'clock in the morning tonight. So I want to thank you all, all for all of that. And again, thank you for all of your support. And as always, I want to thank Johnny Rose of Slightly Subversive Music for all of his contributions, making all the music for the show free of charge. And again, if you want to help support Johnny for all of his work, you can purchase the Truth and Justice, the music soundtrack on iTunes. You can buy the whole album or pick one song at a time. I also want to thank Tate Krupa for designing and creating our logo. 
And another huge thank you to Daniel Schaefer, who edits the podcast. And he's been working extra overtime this week because this is the third episode that I've recorded this week in order to make it possible for me to take a week off for vacation with my wife next week. So thank you, Dan, for all of your hard work as well. Thank you to all of you listeners for all of your support. I just really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate everything you've done, all of your support. It means the world to me. And since this episode is a little different, kind of a special edition, uh, I have noticed as I've been taking calls that I've had several voicemails from listeners come through. So this is the end of the content from me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop in one of Johnny's songs. And over the top of that, I'm just going to go ahead and play these voicemails. So all of you can hear what the other listeners have to say. If you're not interested in doing that, you can shut it off now. You won't hear from me anymore after this. But again, I thank you all. Stay engaged. Stay in touch. And as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. And this has been Truth and Justice. from northern indiana and um my lunch break is almost over so i wanted to leave you a comment in case i didn't get through to you but i just wanted to tell you that i've been doing a lot of research on wrongful convictions lately and so i've been following carrie max cook's case you know really closely and i was worried that because of the email and because of what happened that the innocent network agencies that worked with him were going to be vilified and um, so I was watching really closely for your response. And I just want to tell you that I was so relieved and so impressed with the way that you handled it so professionally and saying, you know, Carrie Max Cook is my friend and I support him. But the Innocence Agency Networks, the Innocence Projects, do great work and supporting one of them isn't mutually exclusive. So I just wanted to tell you that I thought you did a great job and um, good luck in the future. Thanks. I know I said I wouldn't say anything, but I am going to interject there. That was actually, I believe, Brooke, who is the host of the actual Innocence podcast. Hey, Bob. Um, I think you're so open for questions. So um, my question for you is about your personal theory on the eighth case. If you still think that there are two killers... Um, and if your theory is that it was the two men, Shorty, and then the other boyfriend who I can't remember his name, what, what's your scenario there? If that's your thought, I'm just wondering if one walked in on it, why he would help, or if that's something you thought out. Um, and if not those two, who, and if just one, then why? Loaded question. <laughs> Thanks for everything you do. Bye. Bob, hey, it's Sonny, uh, Sonny from Twitter, your uh, favorite Florida State fan. <clears throat> so I just, I just watched that, uh, the uh, documentary. It was decent. Uh, they left out a lot of shit that really pissed me off. But, um, just wanted to say good job, you know. Um, last time I left you a message, I thought you sounded down. And, of course, that's been reversed. And, um, with this documentary, I think the whole world now can see that, you know, Truth and Justice podcast is no, it's not junk. You know, this shit gets results. And uh, along with Cyril and Rabia and everybody else, including the 220,000 plus that you have um, listeners, this proves that power of the people gets results. And uh, 
the last thing I got to say is that prosecutor in Texas is is a jackass. I want to drop kick him in the forehead. Fucking moron. Have a good night. I'll be listening. Later.